Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When it comes to investing, scary headlines are what we see on any given day. But fundamental and historical trends almost get taken for granted. Citing the average intra-year decline or the average rate of return for stocks over 100 or 50 or 10 years, maybe on any given day, just isn't that interesting. But there is an amazing power in just understanding the durability of these averages. And along with a healthy dose of optimism and belief in our American army of productivity can be a game changer when it comes to you reaching your financial goals. And we're going to talk about the amazing power of these averages on this episode. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Not a week goes by where you don't hear something in relation to the stock market that has to do with an average. Oh, the average rate of return or the average rate of return in any given year or the average correction in any given year. And we cite these averages. And what's important about that is that history continues to repeat itself, particularly when it comes to the economy and stocks and history repeating itself over and over. These long-term fundamental trends are powerful. They're powerful trends and they serve really as a foundation for how and why we invest over time. Again, an example of this would be the 10% rule. Hey, 10%. It's a good rule of thumb. The 10% rule of equity markets per annum. That 10% number is so fundamental that it's like the underground foundation of any sort of structure and we can't see it, so you don't really think about it. The rest of the story, the above ground part, is in constant, let's call it jeopardy or attack or doubt. Maybe that's the right word. And the questioning comes from really a trance created by the financial media. So I want to talk today about these two averages and why they're so important to understand. The first one is the average intra-year decline for stocks in any given year. And the second one is the average or average rate of return of the market in general and just how durable and persistent that continues to be. And because it is just an average and you tend to hear about it all the time, it does tend to kind of just get lost in the shuffle. And it's pretty easy to just start discounting just how powerful that number is because, well, it's just the average. But there's an amazing power that's in that average. 
And it's so fundamentally important to how and why we invest. It's our topic today. Let's start with the average that has to do with, this is the, the bad average, or meaning the one that we don't like, which is the average intra-year decline. And after we talk through this, we'll talk about the average annual rate of return. It's probably a little bit more fun to talk about because it's about making money rather than seeing your money go down in value. But if you start with the average intra-year decline, JP Morgan has a chart that they regularly update on this. And the visual of this is worth a thousand words. It essentially shows 40 years worth of investing. In bar chart form, it shows how much the market was either up or down in any given one of those years. And by the way, over the last 41 years, 31 of them have been positive. But then in a red dot on every single year, it shows how much the market was down at its maximum point for every single one of those years. So it tells this great story that even though markets have been decidedly positive about three quarters of the time, every single year we experience these drawbacks. Now, here's the rest of that story, which is the above ground part of the structure that's constantly in jeopardy because we constantly hear that markets are overvalued. Markets are about to correct. We're going into a correction. I think we're going to see a correction. And these are predictions that you hear almost daily, but certainly you can find predictions from a variety of sources that say markets about to fall, about to go down, about to correct, about to go into a bear market over the next X amount of time. And if you search for it, you'll find that leading financial authorities, the big talking heads that manage lots of money or manage a global equities team or some sort of fund or some investment firm, if you go back over history and you can literally just Google for this, You'll find in any given week and month and year, there's this repeated warning that's citing somebody very smart that is warning of impending doom. And I made a list of headlines over the last few months, few weeks, few years, getting ready for this particular podcast. And then this morning, I woke up and I saw another one. So I'm not even including the one from today, but let's go back. And here we are in the fall of 2021, but you can go back almost every single month and find a big headline. August 17th, 2021. Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson says S&P 500 could drop over 10% before the end of the year. He cites a bunch of reasons, corporate tax hikes, the Fed tapering, a risk for earnings, and as a year-end target that's not so rosy. But that's just from August. Let's go back another month. Let's go to July 2021. Scott Minard from Guggenheim says U.S. stocks could plunge 15% in a very rough autumn. U.S. stocks could tumble 15% or more by the end of the year, says Scott Minard, chairman and chief investment officer of Guggenheim. Let's see. Here's another. Oh, this is August 2021. BITG, Julian Emanuel explains why major indexes are likely weeks away from a setback. June, this past summer, Invesco's Christina Hooper warns broader market vulnerable to a 10 to 15% correction. We're in a precarious period. By the way, aren't we always in a precarious period? Here's another one from just a couple of weeks ago. Stocks fall and economist Ed Yardini thinks a 10 to 15% correction awaits. Hmm. Predicting a 10 to 15% correction. Markets ready to plunge? Well, here's what's so interesting about these headlines, is that they're far from brave predictions. 
if you go back to the JP Morgan chart that we love, that I just described, and you look at the data for intra-year declines, it's pretty evident that that happens all the time, literally all the time. If you go back 41 years, you're going to see that we get drops every single year. Every single year, of course. And that makes sense because the market doesn't move higher like an escalator. There's peaks and valleys and bumps along the way, of course. But if you look at it mathematically, the math works out to 14.3%. We have drawbacks every single year. I'm looking at 41 years of data, and it's very clear that this is just the constant drumbeat of markets. I go back to the mid-90s, minus 19%, minus 12%, minus 17%, minus 30%, minus 34%, then minus 14%, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a mathematical fact, and the averages and the data tells us this, that yes, we should always expect 10 to 15% corrections, because mathematically, they literally happen all the time. It is an absolutely natural part of how markets work, and that's why... Some Wall Street analyst saying, I think we're going to have a 10 to 15% correction just isn't a brave prediction at all. The media tries to turn it into one, and they'll very often take someone citing the potential for a 10 to 15% correction as a headline that discusses impending doom. Because the media doesn't really know or care about the foundational aspects of the market. All they care about is eyeballs. And danger coming stories play right into our biological ancestral fight or flight reaction. So thank you to all the folks that make these bold predictions, which we can see month after month, year after year, as a natural course of markets. But these predictions are very much like, hey, I think the sun will rise and then the sun will set. Thank you. Thank you so much for your insight as these averages tell the real story. On average, in any given year, the S&P 500 is going to have an intra-year decline and the average is 14.3%. So next time you hear from someone who manages billions and billions of dollars that they're predicting a 10 to 15% correction, just understand that average is completely normal. And of course, are how markets just normally function. And these 10 to 15% corrections, they happen all the time. I've also outlined this terrible timing chart on my website at westmoss.com because really pictures are worth a thousand words and charts are maybe worth even more words than that. But if you go back to 07 and show this dramatic decline in the S&P 500. Then you show the 2011 bear market and the 2018 bear market and the pandemic bear market of 2000. The chart that shows the S&P 500 level of percent off its high is a way to show when markets correct. You'll see that even with bad or terrible timing, 14 years later, markets recovered and stocks still posted a 10.3% average annualized return. Of course, at westmoss.com, you can hear past episodes of this Retire Sooner podcast. And of course, get in touch with our team, the Retire Sooner team, to dive into and maybe help you as you think through this thought of maybe retiring maybe sooner.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, the next average we're going to talk about is a lot more fun because it's not about a drop. It's about a rise. And here's what's so funny about the next pesky average. It just keeps coming back to, well, the average. And here it is. And again, this is one of these things we hear over and over again. It kind of gets lost in the tide of the news as not all that important and not all that grand and not all that powerful. But 10% long-term average for stocks, hmm, that's a pretty big deal. When bonds have averaged six and inflation has averaged three, 10% for stocks, well, that is pretty good. 10%. But is it really 10%? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> it's actually a little more than 10% if you go back 100 years. And I did this on an S&P 500 dividend reinvested price calculator. And if you go back 100 years, and I'm using an ending date of the second week or the second Friday in September 2021 to make these calculations. So we go back 100 years and the number's 10.56%. We go back 95 years, the number's 10.3%. We go back 50 years from 1971 and the number is 10.97%. The average in the 10% range, this is per annum, 10%, year after year after year after year after year, the average. And if you haven't heard about the rule of 72 for a while, it's a great rule of mathematical thumb to recall to how long it takes for your money to double with a certain rate of return. You take 72 divided by your average annual rate of return, in this case, that pesky 10%. And we get a number that shows us that every 7.2 years, your money would double at 10% per year. Your 100,000 at 10% after 7.2 years would be worth 200,000. Your million dollars would be worth $2 million. Your $5 million would be worth $10 million. So even though 10% in the world we live in may not even sound like a lot, it means that your money is doubling every seven years or so. I think that's incredibly powerful but it's just the average. Now you might say, Wes, those, those time horizons are kind of intimidating. That's a long, those are long time horizons, but that pesky 10% seems to keep working with even shorter time horizons than I just cited. Sure, you're not investing for 100 years or maybe 50 years seems hard to wrap your head around, but let's look at some shorter periods of time. And we'll go back to a similar exercise that we've talked about here on the Retire Sooner podcast of participation versus perfection. We've done a show, a whole show about the difference between participating in markets and timing market purchases with perfection. In that study, that exercise of participation versus perfection lets us pick bad timing. And it shows that even bad timing over time, if we're invested for long enough, isn't all that different in your end dollar amount than perfect timing. But let's actually pick not just bad timing, let's just let's pick some terrible, terrible timing. And we're gonna take a 14 year stretch that starts 
with the nastiest bear market since the Great Depression, far worse than what we saw after 9-11. And that's starting investing, getting invested starting in October of 2007, where the market hit a high, and then we got hit with a 56% correction. Yes, 56%, a brutal correction on the S&P 500. Oh, and by the way, you get hit with three more bear markets after that. You get hit with 2011 bear market. You get hit with the 2018 bear market. Remember, bear markets are 20% or more. And then, of course, you get hit with the minus 34% that happened in 2000 at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we start with the S&P 500, a little over 15. The level was around 1,500 at the time. We're going back to October of 2007, right before all of these calamities unfold. Remember, we're going to try to figure out what the average rate of return is here. But here we are today, as I'm doing this podcast, the S&P 500 is right around, let's call it the 4,400 level. So let's do that math. 1,500 to 4,400, and you get an 8% average annual rate of return from a price perspective. But wait a minute, there's more. That doesn't count the dividend. And if you compound reinvested dividends that you get from the S&P 500, you're going to add 2% per year to that 8% number. So where do we land? Well, we get back to the pesky 10%. Again, in what seems like not just bad timing, but terrible, terrible timing. As we sit here today and look back over that 14-year period, we still get, well, about 10% per annum. So it's fascinating to me as I review these numbers that these averages, and I say pesky, which is really the wrong word. It's probably better to say this wonderfully delightful average that's lasted, if you look at it on a 100-year basis, a 90-year basis, a 50-year basis, well, and of course, a 14-year basis. And why it's so important is that you're going to constantly be faced with the kind of headlines that we talked about earlier in this episode. Corrections are coming, down 10, down 15. Bear markets are coming. I just read a recent prediction that said, not only do we have bear markets coming, but the next 10 years for stocks will be awful and they might not make any money. And that barrage of bad news and doubt in the US economy and the US stock market, doubting the army of American productivity, predicting that the army of American productivity will just go on hiatus, I think is a dangerous game of doubt to play. And you can't really blame investors because averages aren't all that exciting. And writing about and publishing stories about this humdrum, not so exciting 10% number that seems so durable over time just isn't all that interesting when it comes to new readers. It's so much more interesting to talk about how things are not going to be that good. We're going to get hit with more pandemics and wars and natural disasters and cyber attacks, and how Congress is failing, and the Fed is failing, and the days of productivity are over, I just want us to remember that the naysayers have been there and will never go away. But despite the naysayers and the predictions of this engine not continuing to run, I think is a dangerous bet to make. So belief and optimism about the future along with knowledge about the past, coupled with a healthy dose of patience and discipline, 
to not lose faith in our system of capitalism here in the United States is the answer. Belief and optimism about the future, knowledge about the past, along with a healthy dose of patience and discipline not to waver and doubt our system of capitalism here in the United States, that's what enables us to get that durable, well, 10%. Now, does that belief get tested? Sure, it gets tested every day. Does it get attacked? Yes, it gets attacked every day. Is it flawed in some ways? Yes, it's flawed at least a little bit every day. But as you and I both know, there's nothing that even comes close to its power to drive wealth higher, to drive our standard of living higher, and actually create equality, not inequality, in the world. That system of capitalism and the army of American productivity, that's the answer. And that's the fundamental tide that gets us to that, what might sound not all that exciting, ah, 10%. But 10% year over year over year is a powerful, powerful number. Again, put all this together, and these are the concepts that the tomorrow investor knows. And as you listen to the Retire Sooner podcast, well, now so do you. We so much appreciate you tuning in and listening to the Retire Sooner podcast. We cover the topics that we live and breathe every day and hope that they're helpful to you and your journey as well. If you think this material would be helpful to a friend or a family member, well, forward them the Retire Sooner podcast. Maybe your favorite episode. Maybe your favorite interview with someone like Chris Gardner from The Pursuit of Happiness or David Bach from The Automatic Millionaire. These financial concepts can go a very long way in helping someone that you care about and you love reach their goals as well. As always, thank you for tuning in. Hey, y'all. This is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information information.